Welcome to Record Crimes. In each episode, we'll be getting into anything from copyright legal battles, crimes committed by people in the music industry, and and everything everything in between. People in the music industry? Doing illegal things? Really? Hello. Hey. You can see my face now, <laughs> but if you're not looking at this video and you're just listening um, to the podcast with your ears like you're supposed to, then of course you're not seeing my face. So that was just a stupid comment to make. I liked it. <laughs> I've also been complaining about not being able to see our faces. So this is like only a little better. For context, for our um, not, I was going to say not visual listeners, but that makes. Yeah. The visual audience. <laughs> For not our live audience right now. Our live audience in studio. Um, yeah, our live studio audience. And it's just like, yeah, in the yeah. back. Um, we're holding our microphones. Yeah. You can we're hold trying it something like a little new. more like that way. Like it doesn't have to be up and down like in front of your fucking So it's face. obvious that I've never held a microphone before. And I've been a musician my entire life. It's and okay. Here she's, we are. She's been. Guys, this is a, you have to know, this is a skill. It is a skill. Mike stands are my friend. I know. Anyway. How are you? I miss you. We Sorry, everyone, that we didn't drop an episode last week. We were planning on doing like a little Zoom thing, as you probably heard in our last dropped episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't understand how time different, how <gasps> time differences work. That was crazy. And then, then it just ended up not happening. So It's fine. We both were bad. on vacation, too. Yeah, like we were You on... were back east with family yeah. in your beautiful lake house that we've talked about before. Yeah. And then I decided to take a road trip up north, a little family road trip. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize it was like 10 hours of driving. No, it was not, not solid. Like okay, the first still. night, we just drove home. I don't care. And then we drove up and around like the next four days. It wasn't as much driving as I thought it was going to be. And it was me, my boyfriend, my sister, her boyfriend, and my mom. Love. My dad was supposed to go. He just couldn't get work off, which is fine. Aww. So it was supposed to be like a full-on family road trip. Yeah. With our significant others. And it was so... They, we were all stuck in my car together. <laughs> and I have a CRV, which is spacious, but it's like two spacious, spacious front seats and then the three in the back that's like, fuck all. It's not emotionally spacious. <laughs> There was no arguing at any point. We had a argue for the most part. What's that Other than the fact that I was like, Janelle, I'm driving. Give me my fucking ox. That's normal. That's not even fighting. That's just sisters. Yeah, exactly. And just out of like courtesy of like vertical height, we let my boyfriend sit in the passenger side because he's got the world's longest legs, which is usually me. So thanks for that because it's usually my spot and <laughs> I'm with the short people. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I'm always you like, rabble. I love when I sit in the back and someone sits in the front and they push their seat back and they go, Oh, I'm so sorry. Do you have enough room? Like I'll move. And I literally can like kick my legs out like a little kid. Like You're I'm like, like I, I'm, I'm like, Wee! I, yeah, <laughs> cannot relate. But anyway, it was a really good road trip. It was beautiful. Yeah, um, if you don't know, on Instagram. we have volcanoes in California. I did not know that. We have four of them. People go check out my Instagram because I'm like posting pictures about it. But like 
it's 112 degrees on the ground, but by the time you get to the top of the, almost to the tip top of the volcano, there's like a, the summit where you can like hike to the peak. Yeah. It's like two miles sure. from the peak. Um, it's snowing. There's still snow there. So it was literally snow temperature what? all the way up there. And I have pictures of like this frozen lake. Oh yeah. And like me playing in the snow in my literal skirt, shorts and tennis shoes. Um, it was the best moment. It felt so good. Your body was probably so confused. Very, very, because it was like, takes like 30 minutes to get from the bottom to there. Like once you're like in the park, that's crazy a lot. And then, um, then we get, we like go up and then we come back down and like at the other end, there's like the sulfur pits. Yeah. It's like all the gases bubbling up from the ground. So you can see like literal puddles of mud water boiling. That's so fun. Like right off the side of the road. So like don't veer off the road because that would be (laughs) unfortunate. Um, but it was so cool. I've never, it's been like a very long time that I've been to like a national park. Yeah. That like scientifically has just made me geek the fuck out. Like nature is so crazy. It is kind of nice. It was beautiful though. Yeah. Um, other than the fact that it was fucking hot and no offense to up there. There's really nothing else to do up there other than go Mm. to the national parks. So it's fun to visit, but I'm very sorry if you are from that area of NorCal. You must really love it. Well, that's a load of fun. Yeah, your pictures looked super fun and funky and cute, and I loved that. We still have to go on our road trip. I know, we really do. Maybe I... we should do that for my birthday. <gasps> Just like you and I. Yeah. That would be really fun. And then we hold hands. Yeah. Like all of it. All of the above, yeah. Yay. Whatever you want. Whatever you want on my birthday, you know. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm blushing. Guys, I'm approaching my mid, my not my mid, thank God, my quarter life crisis. It's actually dawning. You've already Welcome. been it. It's um everlasting. Well, also someone said to me the other day, like your quarter life crisis lasts 10 years. Like you don't officially feel like you're not in it until you're 35, which for anyone that I is older than me and not me 35, I am so sorry for all of us. No. I was like, uh, that was rude. Um, the only other like off tangent thing that I want to talk about before I dive into my story. I also have to talk about things. Okay. Um, God. No, that's fair. This I'll, I'll make this my last one then. I saved this. Like, I, it has taken everything. Alyssa's been over for, like, a few hours now. Yeah. And we've just started recording, which is kind of how this goes. You gab for a little. We had to give updates on our vacation. Yeah, sometimes. we had to give, like, the full updates that um, you guys have to pay money eventually to hear. <laughs> but it has taken everything in me to, like, not tell you this. Oh, that makes sense. Because it is the strangest conversation I've ever had in my life okay. but also it's more strange because it was at the gym oh no not and a again, strange gym combo and again all the gym combos that I've like brought up before I think I'm very scary when I'm in the gym like looking so people should not approach me yeah you've got crazy face when you're not paying attention yeah but still people managed to approach me nonetheless uh. the day before this happened someone threw their weight down and it bounced up and hit my shin so <gasps> I kind of went off on someone Ooh. Uh, so I wasn't expecting that And then the next, literally next day, this happened. And I was like, you're fucking joking. Like, what is in, what is happening to me? Like my, I'm supposed to be in my sign right now in my astrology house. Why is this all fucking happening at the Planet Planet Fitness? Fitness? Yes. That's so weird. I've never had anyone come up to me. Thank you. I was like, where's the decorum and why is this happening to me? That's so odd. So this is like very weird for me. Oh, how the turntables. Am I right? Turntables. So, um... I'm at the cleaning station, so I'm there spraying the thing on my cloth, and I notice this spunky older lady comes up to me. She's, like, in her 60s, maybe 70s. Um, She is wearing bright neon, like, netted, 
workout gear that kind of looks like rave okay style clothing sure she's got a lot of jewelry on bangles i love when people slay at the gym i'm like yeah she's got a few scarves too (gasps) scarves at the gym scarves and necklaces on top of it just like a lot going on and then key she had these like big sunglasses on I love her so much. Um, she was covered in tattoos. Very bright tattoos. So great work done because they're still so vibrant. Still popping. Um, she comes up to me and I'm like not paying attention, obviously. And I like look up from my little rag that I was spraying. And I see that she's like mouthing words at me. And I have my earphones in. So I take them out. I'm like, sorry, what was that? I'm, like, I could not hear you. She's like, oh, I was just saying how much I really liked your tattoos. And I was like, thank you. That, was, that would have been fine. Yeah. But then she's like, you know, I'm a tattoo artist. and I was like oh really I should have just been like oh that's so awesome and left it there yeah but I had to inquire so I was like do you tattoo in this area Uh North Hollywood and she goes oh um well she's like I had a tattoo shop in like New Hampshire it was the first one in St. Augustine and I opened it up okay um then I traveled the world and traveled the States, was in Florida for a little bit. And I came out here to LA and like in the eighties or the nineties, I've been tattooing since the seventies. And then she's like, Oh, but I don't do like big pieces of tattooing anymore. I Just do like cosmetic little... tattooing. And I, oh. she, she has like long blonde, almost like white hair. Okay. She was like, I, so I do a lot of cosmetic tattooing and like eyebrows and nipples. And I was like, interesting okay cool oh i did my twins eyebrows recently even though they really don't need them because their hair is still in there it's just it doesn't really hurt to do it and i also did mine and at this point she took off her sunglasses no 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 and it's just (gasps) tragic oh no i was like you really shouldn't have oh no (laughs) and she's like i she's like you know you have light hair like you know it's gonna fade you should just let me do it for you before you before it gets to that point. Oh, and I girl. was like, also anyone that's like seen a picture of me. Hello. My hair she is, had, um, not it's light not that right light. now. Yeah. Also my eyebrows are not the same color as my hair. Yeah. Even my natural dark. blonde hair. Yeah. But just the, when she took it off, I just, it was so comical. I just like wish someone else was there with me. My yeah. face was probably mortifying and I had to like keep it together and be polite. I was losing my fucking shit. I would shit, not be Alyssa. able to hold it together. It looked like there was an outline that was a way darker color than the rest of it. Okay. So it looked very cartoony. I was like, no. oh, Miss Ma'am. I was she like, did okay, the no. outline. I was, I was assuming, um, what's it called when they like do the brow? F- it's like they Micro do it like hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I thought That's you were That's what I about. thought it would be. Also, you're supposed <gasps> no, to make it look like the hair. No, no, no. It was like, you know, the very classic like eyebrow stencil mm-hmm. that classic shape oh i can see it it was like she fully in did my head that shape <gasps> oh, and it was no. just the wrong wrong color very dark brown no, no um no. so if that wasn't enough she then goes just like ping pongs to something completely like no segue needed with all these topics by okay. the way she just goes oh but before she's like i do a lot of like stained glass and like other types of like visual media like love art that way but before tattooing i studied in the north end in boston oh to be a jewel and diamond setter and a gold worker okay she's like i was a jeweler and i learned at this trade school story thank you thank you she's like so i did that i feel like you're familiar with that area and also i i had that tattoo shop in new hampshire so i was really on the east coast and i again i bit yeah i was like oh yeah i actually lived in boston yeah for a few years so i'm very familiar with that area and she's like oh then you understand and then i told her how i like knew about it 
the north end or mm-hmm. jewel setting just like the north end and stuff she's like well i was you know i was a part of like that pioneers like the women in like the jewel setting and so i traveled the world and i <sighs> lived in all these places and i was like okay ma'am really okay she yeah. decided to like stop for a second and then asked me what i did okay. and i was like Finally. i write music and she was like oh like for a band and i was like for film and television and then she goes oh no and i was like oh no oh no what Oh, no. She's like, well, don't you know? She's like, it's been happening for years, but it's going to come out soon. I just know it. But all the demonic and satanic practices that happen behind the scenes in Hollywood and how young, aspiring people like you with dreams have to sign their life away to the devil and their likeness. She's so me because I honestly, like, I know exactly what theories she's talking about. (laughs) Alyssa, I literally could not i like stopped breathing what i think for five girl? minutes what she's like you all know that like the satanic practices that happens behind there and all the orgies and all like the no you i have actually, to sign contracts and give yourself to the devil and yeah don't don't let them do that to you don't let them take away your dreams and i was like oh my god and she's like you know post malone and i was like do i know post malone like personally no but yes she's like well when he first started Like he was so happy doing his music and now look at him. He looks terrible because he had to sign his life away to the devil and now they control him and he is so unhappy. And I was like, girl, I did not know you realize the devil is drugs. Post Malone. (laughs) I was like, literally. And then she goes going, it gets worse. She goes, you know, I'm a psychic. Oh God. And like a transcendentalist. She said some other word I do not understand. I think that's right. The right word. Okay. Um, She's like, we're in the third dimension right now in the universe. By the end of this year, we're going to ascend into the fourth dimension, which will be good for your career. And hopefully you can avoid all the Satan stuff and become wealthy and have your dreams like happen. What? By the end of this year, because that's what the fourth dimension ascending. She's like, our universe has never been into the fourth dimension. So there's going to be a lot of changes happening. And I just know it. The fourth dimension is in the universe. We just can't. Again, okay. guys, I, girl, girl, there's so many things. And then you ready for this? this? Here's, here's the end. No, she goes, she goes, well, I originally approached you because I can tap into people's past lives. Oh my God. Oh my God. So she's, this was her main goal all along. Shut so up. here's, here's Shut where up. we're going. Um, she's like, so I can tap into past lives. And I was like, at we this point, talking about at this, this point, I'm just like gasping at her. Like those are my responses. She says something. I'm just like, <laughs> like no um, words. So she goes, in a past life, you were a Nordic Viking. And I was like, she actually, no. you know what? I kind of believe everything you've been I saying actually, because I want no, that I'm to in. be real. No, I'm in. I was I'm like, there. that checks out. Thank That's you. Have a nice day. Your love of Viking culture. Guys, historical drama, just she my intensity. Viking she goes, culture. She goes, you were a warrior. And I was like, I fucking I hope I so. I believe it. I freaking believe it. And I was it. like, you know, actually, I believe everything you're saying. I'm going to shut up now. I believe so her. I, um, I stand with her. I believe in the satanic practices in Hollywood and I believe in the fourth dimension and she, like, I believe in all of that. As but, she like, was talking, she's, like, she seems a little unhinged about it. Oh, very unhinged. But I, I believe in her eyebrows. I believe the in it all. Eyebrows, like you can. I think who says this? Like I think it's my like soul. Karen from My Favorite Murder always says you can tell how crazy someone is by like how plucked or crazy like their eyebrows are. Yes. Like how thin they yes. are. I'm like that's so true. Bestie. So what happens when they're tattooed? Like how Wor- crazy worse, do you are? Because yeah. that means you plucked the shit out of them they're gone. forever. They're gonzo. That's very true. So um. 
Sorry to judge, but... No, it's fine. But yeah, so that happened to me at the gym at 9 a.m. 9 a.m.? All of this is happening? I woke up and got my ass. I was like, I'm going to be a productive adult. And goes to show that you shouldn't go to the gym at 9 a.m. or really any time. Because then, if you're like me, you just get approached by weirdos or your dumbbells, like your dumbbells, your shins get hit with dumbbells and you don't even ask for any of it. And it just happens. And you meet... And I'm like walking away and she's like, my name is Jem. Jem. And I was like, okay, Jem. Oh, I'm wow. going to go back to making my butt look bigger. I want to meet her what the so fuck? bad. I'm so just, that was, yeah, that's what wow. happened to me. That's um, fucking incredible. That was the weirdest conversation. The fact that she had like no segues to anything. I felt crazy and the topics were crazy too. So it was like a true moment. I shit you not, know, that conversation was like 10 minutes. Like that took up a lot of my time. No, so, as someone was who like, like <gasps> truly dissociates at the gym, that would actually like break my brain. Like I'm not even kidding, especially at 9 a.m. I think I'd be like, I'm going to go to the hospital now because I think I'm my reality is breaking. I think some, yeah, I think something just broke. Oh my God. So yeah, amazing, right? That's incredible. And um, I love hate her a lot. All I really had to say was something like music crime related. So oh. I don't really know how to segue into that. Just say it. Just get us out of this way. Just do what she does best and just ping pong. Just no segue. Just no segue. Um, <laughs> did you see any any of the news about the recent updates about Tupac's murder? Um, I also just had another music crime update. It's not really a crime. But um, in response to yours, yes. Did I look into them? No. Apparently, well, I actually... They, just was, they searched his house. No. They... It was a man in the music industry or in a gang. I can't really figure it out because mm-hmm. he has, like, a rapper name. Okay. Keefy D. I don't know his real name. He's, like, 60 or something like that. Oh. They just recently... He just recently came out and was, like, I was in the car of the person that shot him. (gasps) And so, yeah. So the police like issued a warrant for like a fuck ton of like electronics. And I was, that's what I was just looking up. Cause I was like, what they issue a warrant for. And it's like all these, like, it's like a USB drive and like four iPads and like a bunch of different like computers and like a bunch of shit. I don't really know what they're like looking for though. I guess maybe like the connection between whoever's car he was in and him. Isn't that nuts though? But like, People are, like, saying, like, this is a huge break. It's, like, a 30-year-old, 30-something-year-old murder. Yeah, like, dude. And it's obviously very Can you controversial in, like, the music community with all, like... that during our lifetime dude, and we could cover it? Oh, my dude, God. Dude. Dude. Insane. Also, good, nuts? good for everyone involved that I that know. is going to be solved. I hope, hopefully. like, something more comes of that because... Obviously, like, because it's so old and unsolved or... That's going to break the fucking internet. It is. And I think even that, I was like, yo, what the fuck? But the conspiracies around his death Mm -hmm. and things like that are just, like, they go in so many which ways. I think especially because it's, like, a longer time and obviously unsolved. But, like, it's, like, people go, like, the gang way. People go, like, the Suge Knight way. People go, like, the, like... And literally every single every way. which way people are like he's not dead he's They've like in like whatever fester yes in their aluminum helmets isn't that crazy though That's that like nuts. i don't i hope something i feel I like they wouldn't like announce it about it now yeah i don't know i feel like maybe it's kind of like i'm grown i'm old i he's not that old i, I feel like a lot that of life to live like, yeah. i'm keeping my secrets so i'm at yeah. least 80 90 years old i 
think we should keep updated on it. Obviously, we are going to, but like, yeah. I think we should continue to like look into that because I was just the actual like warrant is online. Like you can, Dang. it's like you can like look at That's what they were though. like, good. what they were like gonna take or look for in his house. Fucking amazing. Good. Yeah. Um, my only thing is that um, the 1975 is banned from Malaysia. Oh my god, I saw that <gasps> for like kissing his bandmate, right? Yes, but it was it was like um, I guess he got he was in a drunken stupor, which is important because he, he was is. yes he was unhinged truly. But he kind of just went off on just being like, "You're like at the Malaysian audience." He's like, "Your government fucking sucks. I can't believe they hate the gays. Like, how could they do that?" Which I mean, yes, he hates the gays. Um, <laughs> he's like, "How can you hate the gays? I don't want to play." He's like, "I didn't do any research about this country before I got here, and I just found out that y'all like." don't like them so fuck you and fuck this country and fuck this government and let me make out with my guitarist um they were also the first act of this festival that was supposed to be all weekend oh my god and as soon as this happened the malaysian government shut the festival down that's fucked. but like everyone in the audience oh. obviously is like we know yeah they know this is our festival like, like you're they- gonna get our festival taken we already yeah. can't be like out in public um, without persecution and possibly going to jail. And now you're going to take away you like stranger white man coming into our country. You're just going to like walk away unscathed. But now the government is probably going to crack down on us. Like we know it's always let us enjoy our festival. He's gotten away with so much over the past, honestly, so long, especially Mm -hmm. like in recent times, like this past year, just like, him being like, I just have would, a dark sense yeah. of humor you and all this stuff. Like, like dude, you're Nazi should... saluting on stage. I don't care what your intention is. Like, that's what you're doing. Like, you're fucked up. Yeah, and let's just like, like, bro, you're so problematic. Like, you should just like fly under the radar. Like, why don't you he be won't. quiet? Because but he, he hasn't never been. gets. Like, he should be because he never gets canceled. He's still touring. He's still doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Like, I was into the 1975 mm-hmm. like, I, I, get I think it. their music is fun it's fun still. i like it but also it's very hard to support him in any way yeah very dis- so very um dis- like insane yeah so they shut the festival down wow and um it was yeah like it was supposed to be a three-day festival and they got shut down first act That's like the strokes were fucked. supposed to play the next day <gasps> wait so do they all of did. those like bands that were supposed to play they don't get paid do they no no uh, everyone gets sent uh, fucking home so yeah, they ruined it for them. Now they're banned. And I mean, like again, this is not me being like, don't stand up against, you know, that's not terrible governments. It's just know your platform. Well, it's also like you know that he wasn't doing that to like make any sort affect any sort of change. He was exactly. doing that just because that's him. He likes to like stir shit up just mm-hmm. because he knows that he can and he's very good at it. You know, yeah, guys, that's like, why it's like it's not like this wow, is not like your he place stuck to be it to the man. This. Like yeah. that's not it. Sit down, like Matt. maybe put Literally your Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt, <laughs> sit down, Maddie. <laughs> what? Matt. Also, what grown man wants to be called Maddie? Please, Matt. That's a child's nickname. Anyway, so that was my little. Wow. Okay, we've really gotten into yeah. it. I'm very okay, excited. We can, we can get into this. Clarice um, did prepared like a solo episode. I did uh, for like our vacation one, but um, we're just gonna be doing it today. That's fine. Because I hate. That's fun. Um, I'm traveling. So here we are. Okay. Alrighty. Um. So as you know, I've gone down to the 
state fair this summer. Classic. Got my cowboy boots this summer. Oh, yeah. So I thought it would be appropriate um, to bring our podcast in the world of country music. Finally. I know. We haven't done it. And country music just like seems to take over the summer no matter what you try to do. There's always some country yep. banger out there that even, even if you I, don't like it, you're like even I go boop boop doop too. Yeah. Okay. So this week I am talking about the early country Western swing artist Spade Cooley, who was known as the King of Western Swing. Oh. Um he was accused of murdering his wife in nineteen sixty one. And it was said that as his fame began to dwindle. His drinking and anger took over in a case of domestic abuse that we hear all too often, unfortunately. Um, But karma comes through to balance it out at the end. So I won't spoil it. Love it. Um, But one of the articles that I cited in my sources had a really good intro and hook. So I thought I would quote it. Cool. I love when my work is done for me. I know. Me too. All right. So it said, Spade Cooley was a virtuoso fiddler in Roy Rogers' movie Stand-In who had six consecutive top 10 hits and was considered Hollywood's king of Western swing. He was also a mean, jealous, paranoid, violent, alcoholic man who brutally murdered his wife in front of their daughter. Yeah, so um, trigger what warning. What an intro. I know, right? Uh, trigger warning, this contains talk of domestic abuse, alcoholism, and obviously murder. All right, so let's talk Spade Cooley. Originally born Donald Clyde Spade Cooley, uh, he was born in Grand, Oklahoma on December 17th, 1910. So this is a like long time ago. Okay, kind of a long time ago. Um, he was born part Cherokee, which with the climate against like the indigenous people at the time, mm-hmm. he was forced to attend school in Salem, Oregon at the Chimawa Indian School, which is essentially a boarding school for indigenous children to attend. So yeah, so they literally shipped off children or anyone of that culture and heritage to a certain space in the United States. Which he is wasn't like up. in like the tribe though. Like he was just, no, I think it was like, I forget if it was his mom or his, like his dad. Family it was member. one or okay. the other. They had like an affair and obviously they couldn't get married. Ooh. They obviously couldn't get married. Yeah. Because again, fucked up things. Sure. So I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I think they did run away together because that would make sense later in his life. So, uh, despite his impoverished background, Cooley was a classically trained fiddler, and by the time he was eight years old, he was performing professionally at square dances with his father, John, who taught him. He came from a family of multi-generational fiddlers. Okay. So, I mean, like, you know, like the covered wagon pioneers, like you play guitar, you know something, everyone knows it, oh, and yeah. you just teach them. What it's else cute. is there to do Right. in 1910? Exactly. <laughs> uh, in 1930, his family made the journey to live in California, and this was like the time of the Dust Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the journey over, Cooley was playing poker with family and friends and won three straight flush hands with all spades, giving him means. the name Spade. So it's just a hand. So when you have like all three of the same oh. suit, okay, okay, he won three times in a row with spades. Wow. So he got that nickname, okay. which is kind of fun. I like that's a fun nickname, a fun Spade. Nickname. Uh, so when in, a Calif- uh, sorry, when, when in California, arriving specifically to the Los Angeles area, Spade joined a big band at the Venice Pier Ballroom in Santa Monica. So oh. really close to us. Uh, led by Jimmy Wakely, who was also a country music vocalist and one of the last, quote, singing cowboys. Um, a singing cowboy is just like when their music appears a lot in old Western movies. Oh, okay. Produced between the 30s and the 50s. So it's like kind of the quintessential cowboy sound that we hear that like Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like placed on the whole world. Sure. Um, and so he joined this band as a fiddle player. 
this bandstand at the Venice Pier was super popular too. Like I'm talking several thousand dancers would show up on the weekends to dance and have a good time. Wow. So like the band, you know how to be amazing, how to be popping. Yeah. But it was like a big social gathering. Yeah. So when Wakely got a movie contract at Universal Pictures, Cooley replaced him as band leader. Cooley hired vocalist Tex Williams, who was capable of the mellow, deep baritone sound that was made popular by Tommy Duncan, who was another famous baritone country vocalist at the time, so singing cowboy. Cooley's 18th month engagement at the Venice Pier Ballroom was record-breaking for, like, the early half of the 1940s. So no one was really there as long as he was there, like, over a year. Oh, so he was, like, something. Like, he was running there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This other guy was like, I'm going to go be in the pictures. He was like, cool, (laughs) I'm going to stay and fiddle, and it ended up being a big hit. Oh, my God. So... Cooley wrote and recorded Shame on You, released by OK Records in December of 1944. It was number one on the country charts for two months, while covers of the song by Red Foley with Lawrence Welk and Bill Boyd opened at number three and number four on the Billboard's mo- like most played jukebox records. So like his version and then covers of it were like topping top tens on charts. Mm-hmm. Um, Shame on You was the first and an unbroken string of six top 10 singles, including wow. Detour and You Can't Break My Heart. And it would, Shame On You would remain like Cooley's theme song. Okay. So that's like kind of what he's known for. Okay. But so he's like top in the charts with this like country stuff. Like there's this right. new wave of music that's happening right yeah. now. Alongside pursuing music and doing the bandstand at the time, Spade Cooley hung around Republic Pictures, ultimately sneaking onto a Gene Autry set. <laughs> he was caught. Uh, but Autry noticed his resemblance to Roy Rogers, another famous actor, right. and his talent for playing the fiddle and introduced him to Rogers. Cooley appeared in 38 Western films. Oh, wow. Both in like bit parts and as a like stand-in and stuntman for Roy Rogers, who's a very right. famous cowboy actor. Yeah. Wait, so he would play, would he like be like a sideline musician? Mm-hmm. Like as yeah, literally, like, like, being Roy Rogers? So yeah, so he would like be stand-in for and stuntman for Roy, Roy Rogers or like other parts in Western films. That's, like sometimes being like wow. a fiddler or like a background, like he was just in the films. Yeah. It's like a little tidbit. It's almost like, where's Waldo? Should we start like um, sneaking onto film sets and stuff? Because I would be the or craziest like extra of like, all time. I kind of want that for myself. Yeah. I was like, you need someone to do something unhinged. I'll just show up. I'll be there. I'll be there. I do that for free. So might as well get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So in 1936, Rogers made Cooley the featured fiddle player and a vocalist in his group, Riders of the Purple Sage. He was featured in the soundy, just a the soundy of music, like movie with sound. A guys. talkie? Literally, the soundy. Wait, what's the difference of a talkie and a soundy? Um, I think it was because it was like a dance and music. Oh. Yeah. So he was featured in Take Me Back to Tulsa that was released in July 31st of 1944, along with Williams and Carolina Cotton, who's like another famous gal. Okay. Corinne Karina was released in August 28th, 1944, minus Cotton, 
was part of the group. And the film short Spade Cooley, King of Western Swing, was filmed in May 1945 and released in September 1st of 1945. So he had his own little feature, little short feature. Like a feature little docu? About or him, kind yeah. Of like- and that was followed by Melody Stampede, released on November 8th of 1945. And Spade Cooley and his orchestra, another movie, came out in 1949. Okay. So by 1950, he had significant roles in several films and also had like music films about his own stuff and his own band, like movies. Right. So he was like Western movies being made about it. He's a big guy in town. Yeah. So he's doing he's doing a lot, which yeah. is impressive. Yeah. Also in 1945, he married his second wife, orchestra backup singer Ella Mae Evans. I tried my best, but we really don't know much about his first wife other than that they were high school sweethearts and were still together in 1942 when he moved out and was doing bandstand stuff. So it was a very quick turnaround from his newly found fame to leading his new band um, and then marrying his new wife. Okay. So very quick, like one from the next. Right, right. Um, Side note. Okay. So ultimately the orchestra's success led to the dissolution of its most popular lineup by 1946. Williams, the vocalist on all the group's hits was demanding more money and Cooley refused to pay it. Classic. Classic. Yeah. Timely. Um, yeah, literally. <laughs> As a result, Williams quit, taking much of the orchestra with him to form the Western Caravan, which was like his new group. Cooley, now that he lost his band and had a very popular competitor yes. that he kind of helped build, right? he re-constituted like, his band with former sideman Bob Willis and steel guitarist Noel Boggs. And the guitar ensemble of Jimmy Weibel and Cameron Hill. So, like, again, with his orchestra before, he was used to having, like, a big group. Yeah. And now that there's this other competing big group, he needed to, like, remake another big group. So these, like, big groups would have, like, a lot of guitars and country stuff and orchestra, obviously. Okay. So he's, like, adding all these new people. And then he also added a full brass and reed section to the band. And at this point, he had made the largest band for country music that the world has ever seen. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you just named so many names. I was like, she talked talking about different bands or no so it's like so him and his orchestra was like a country and his orchestra wow it's almost like duke ellington and his orchestra yeah, which is like yeah. jazz and orchestra this yeah. is like country and orchestra that's pretty so cool. never seen before yeah okay so he had made the largest band for country music in the world and would come like at this point the peak of his career in music as well and with his move like movies so yeah. he was peaking like, by 1950, as I said before. Okay. It's, like, all those, like, films that I talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That all happened, like, most of those happened with, like, after Williams quit. Oh, okay. So all those big films are made with this new big band that he has. Right. So not the same bandstand one that he opened up on Venice Pier with, because those guys left. Gotcha. He's moved on, made bigger, made better, made movies about it. Wow. And now, 1950, we have, like, peak. Okay. But we're going to backtrack for a second. So 1947, other than film... Cooley began a career in television, hosting a program in Los Angeles titled The Hoffman Hayride. The show's popularity quickly grew, and within months, an estimated 75% of all televisions in the L.A. area tuned into the show each Saturday night. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) What? 75. Sorry. Sorry. 75%. I was was really hoping it just, like, (laughs) slid over. Sorry. (laughs) I have nothing to do but listen, Clarice. I'm sorry. <laughs> Die, man. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so all 75%. Oh, 
tuned in. So he's popular. And he also, you know, had his film career at this time with much higher visibility. And is in addition to significant roles in a number of Westerns, he also starred in the two short things that I talked about. Right. So he's massive band, TV show, has two of his own music Westerns now, like in the films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, here we are. 1950, he's done all these big things. He's a big guy. Got it. The TV show won the local Emmy Awards in 1952 and 1953. Guests included Frankie Lane, Frank Sinatra, and Dina Shore. The Spade Cooley show was viewed coast-to-coast via the Paramount Television Network, and KTLA eventually canceled Cooley's program in 1956 and replaced it with a competing show brought over from the KCOP, Cliff Stone's Hometown Jamboree. So he was replaced very quickly. Why? Just because? Popularity. Ratings, I bet. Dang. Everything has its ebb and flow. Yeah. So throughout the early 50s, Cooley continued to record, but the group's popularity waned as public taste changed. You know, after a time, he even fired the orchestra to replace its members with an all-female band, just to, like, keep it modern, which is fun. But this was when rock and roll was coming about and Western swing and country music was no longer what people wanted to hear on the bandstands. Right, right. As we've talked about at length. Mm Mm-hmm. However, oh. Cooley was honored by the installation of a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, the foundation was laid on February 8th. That's my birthday. Of 1960. Not that So year, it's though. literally one of the first stars down there. Wow. Which is crazy. But yeah, I was like, February that's, 8th. You were like, oh yeah, that's our... So I, can't I, was, help, I can't help but do that. Turn, turn to Alyssa for effect. <laughs> So that's kind of the lay of his career and his um, influence on popular music. Okay. Let's talk about his personal life. Okay. And the effect of the decline of his high-profile career had on his fast-paced life and his marriage. Okay. Cooley's second wife, Ella Mae Cooley, or Evans, Ella Mae Evans, um, had been a singer in his band before they married in 1945. He was 34 and she was 21. So she had a promising career even before she met him and probably would have continued if they did not get involved. Probably. Shortly before their first baby's arrival in 1945, so like year of marriage, Okay. say Mir. Okay. The baby's name was Melody, which I thought was cute. That is cute. Ella Mae caught her husband with another woman. So... Spade is already like fucking around, Spade, being you dummy. Fucking dog. Uh, she tried to pack her bags and leave, and he threatened to kill her. When she ran away to Texas, he brought her back. I don't understand because, like, you obviously are like interested in other people. Yes, and it's very much like the divorce is bad You're type insane. of thing. Meanwhile, he already like divorced his. High school uh, sweetheart. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, so he like, already went that through that. reason so like, doesn't that? make sense. Okay. Oh, it's just psychotic and controlling. Yeah. So Cooley then suspected Ella Mae of repeatedly being unfaithful as well. Okay. Which, in the beginning, might have been projecting, obviously, but then, unfortunately, it was cemented. Okay. In March of 1961, she told a friend that she had an affair with Roy Rogers. <gasps> The actor that Spade was a stand-in for. Very shut famous. Up, shut up. 
Yes. In 1952 and 1953. Wow. So for years, since the beginning of their marriage, he was he got caught. And then he was like, no, you're the one being unfaithful. I know it. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so in, when years, like six, seven years later in 1952, she was like, okay, I'm being unfaithful. And I'm going to do it with a very famous actor who's more famous who's, than no, you. No, that's literally like... That's but the guy so you pointed. stand in you for. You stand in for. Not so. Yo. I was like, okay, LMA. So with the decline of both his music and his TV career, Spade was grasped by severe alcoholism. Um, and as a heavy drinker, he suffered several minor heart attacks. <gasps> Literally more than one. And he didn't stop drinking. Oh, my God. Which is r- stupid to me. That's I was like, okay, you're dumb. I don't understand that that doesn't scare you out of drinking. Thank you. Several. He had several. Like a full, like a, what? what's a small heart attack? Like, I didn't know Thank that. Thank you. And he's like in his 40s. God, like, okay. Um, and abuse through their marriage was no stranger either. The beatings and insane jealousy continued throughout their marriage. And after the birth of Donnell Jr. in 1948, so three years into their marriage, and into the late 1950s as you know, public music taste changed and yeah. spade his career cooled down. Yeah. There's all that issue going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The abuse got worse after Spade moved the family from their mansion on Ventura Boulevard into a home on their isolated Water Wonderland ranch, which is way out in the Mojave Desert in eastern Kern County. Oh wow. So he moved them from Los Angeles to Kern County. And like right now, Kern County is a ghost town yeah so it was only inhabited for a little bit of time but he moved them out like once his career got fucked he yeah. was like we're leaving la he did ass said In not only will nowhere. i abuse you but i will also continue to isolate you insane literally that's crazy crazy yes. yes um he devoted much of his time then to planting water wonderland which he envisioned as a 1,000 acre amusement park with swimming pools, boat racing, and a broadcast studio for a new television show, which failed, by the way. I'm like, he tried. Sh- I mean, yeah. He I'm- was just like, he just wants to be relevant again. So he's like, let's move out to the middle of nowhere, create an amusement park that no one is going to care about, and a TV show that no one's going to care about. And then what did people do? Not, Not care, about, care it. about it. Yeah. Wow. And she and their Why children was his were first there. first move water park? Oh, fucking that's also hot. That's in the odd. desert. Why a water park in the desert? I mean, yeah, how did... Okay. Yeah, I can see how that failed very quickly. Yeah. Um, So in the last few months, Ella soon asked Cooley, who had many of his own affairs at this point, for a divorce on March 23rd of 1961. Cooley himself, therefore, went to Bakersfield and filed for divorce himself, citing incompatibility and seeking custody of their three children. He said, me first. Yeah, he... So there are three children, Melody, Donald Jr., and John. Okay. He's like, no, actually, I want a divorce, and I want the three kids. Ella May was in the hospital, suffering from what was diagnosed as, quote, extreme strain. Ella May told her doctor more than once that she was in fear of her husband. Certain that she was catting around, Spade had accused her of affairs with men, women, his former boss, Roy Rogers. And from the hospital, she retained a female attorney to start divorce proceedings. She claimed her husband had beaten her and the abuse was increasing and she feared he would kill her. Oh my God. So this is all after the divorce was filed. Right. Ella May remained on the ranch, virtually a prisoner, like you said, completely isolated. Spade had pulled the innards of the phone receiver so she couldn't call out. 
And on March 23rd, he administered a savage beating to LMA and forced her to sign four deeds, transferring all their property and um, from joint ownership to him alone. Wow. The next day, he called Anita Arnos, which was a violinist in his band, and Spade told Anita he was getting a divorce and asked her to marry him as soon as the divorce was final. What? Anita agreed because she Anita. thought he was joking. Uh, She's probably like, yeah, sure, whatever, Spade. Ha ha, I'll do it. What? Yeah, so he's like, as soon as this divorce is final, I need to get married again. Like, immediately and quickly. And it's going to be to you. I don't know their relationship really. I didn't get in too much depth with it. And I was yeah. like, was not sure if this was one of the affairs that he had. I mean, might have maybe. Been. I, that's still crazy. It's whack as fuck. In the days to follow... Cooley forced LMA to call friends and confess to having an affair. He made her say the same to their daughter, Melody, who is now 14. And he even forced her to sign a confession. What? About it. This is like... Yes. Okay. Um, they had a conversation on April 3rd of 1961, and everything went the wrong way, which ended in the murder of LMA in her home in the like on the ranch the list of events i kind of did like bullet points because it's quite a bit yeah trigger warning this is rough he knocked her to the floor in the living room and beat her in the bedroom leaving blood splattered on the floor walls and his trousers he choked her stomped her yanked her hair out of her head and with the handle of a broom yeah we know where that was going when Melody, their 14-year-old daughter, came home and intercepted the incident. Her father made her watch him slam her head onto the floor twice and then walk over to where her mother was lying on the ground, unresponsive, and said that she had three minutes to pick, like, to his daughter, was like, you have three minutes to pick her up, otherwise I'm going to kill her. Oh, my God. So on April 26, 23 days later... Uh, 1961, Cooley was indicted by a Kern County grand jury for the murder of his wife on April 3rd at the couple's home uh, on the ranch. Cooley's then 14-year-old daughter, Melody, recounted to the jury how she was forced by her father to watch in terror as he beat her mother's head against the floor, stomped on her stomach, and then crushed a lit cigarette against her skin to see whether she was dead. 14 years Mm -hmm. old. He claimed that LMA had slipped in the shower. Yo, what the hell? Yeah, when that didn't work, he said he never meant to hurt her, but blacked out after she told him she was having sex with two other men. Meanwhile, they're filing for divorce. That is so... They literally are getting divorced. She's like, cool, you're having an affair. I'm sleeping with two guys, and he did this. That is so next-level violent and Mm -hmm. rage-filled. Yes. Like, oh, my fucking God. Yeah, so... Deranged. Her child had to witness this terrible thing, but I am glad enough that the daughter, Melody, was brave enough to speak out against her father, who had such leverage in the public eye, too, Mm -hmm. mind you, because of all the stuff that he was known for. Um, in terms of like popularity and like fame, she still was like, no, he did this to my mom and I have to watch it. So as you can imagine, the trial was a complete media circus surrounding his family and him. Of course. Causing him to experience another heart attack (gasps) mid-trial. I think we need like a heart attack counter at this point because there's just been like two fucking many. And he survived this one too. It didn't get him. There was also parts in my research that I found that stated how emotional he was when his daughter took the stand against him. 
Like, he was openly bawling in court. Good. Fucking shit face. Fuck you. It was during a call with his attorney talking about his daughter that day that he got the heart attack. But at that great timing, he was like, my daughter. Like, he was so upset about all that. And then Universe was like, heart attack. that his daughter was, like, in court, like, against him. Or he was upset that his daughter just was, like, witnessed. Very much. I don't know. It's just, like, very openly upset about a lot of things about his daughter. But he was also very, like, I also saw, like, in one of my. He, like, actively um, involved her in that murder. Like, truly actively involved his daughter in that murder. No, yeah, yeah. There was another part of the article where he was just, like, it was really weird and off-putting. I should have quoted it. But it was like he was like proud to see her on the stand. He's oh like, oh man, God. she's doing such a good job up there. Like, look at her. I'm so proud of my what daughter. The hell? Which is fucking weird. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Cooley was defended by attorney P. Basil Lambros in what was the longest case in county history at the time in LA County. Um, and was convicted of first degree murder by a Kern County jury on August 21st of 1961 after unexpectedly withdrawing an insanity plea. So he tried to plain, uh, like plead insanity, but they withdrew it. Interesting. Right. So facing a maximum sentence of death in the gas chamber, Cooley was sentenced to life in prison, eligible for parole after serving seven years. What the fuck? Yeah. Spade Cooley was transferred from the Kern County Jail to the state's penal processing system in Chino. Doctors there examined him and determined he was subject to extreme mood changes and periods of depression, enough to have him classified as mentally disturbed after all. Unfit for suitably or for a suitably country music style term in a prison like San Quentin or Folsom, which where he was going to go. Okay. So he actually got evaluated. He was sent to the California Medical Facility, which is a state mental hospital in Vacaville. Mm-hmm. It's the I like looked more into this because um Again, San Quentin and Vacaville are very close to where I live up north. Yeah. So I just like to be aware of it. Sure. Vacaville is the, like, mm, like psychiatric facility yeah. prison. Yeah. San Quentin is, like, the not psychiatric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, like, you're convicted with, like, reasons of insanity, you're in, like, you're sent not. to treatment. Right, You're right. going to Vacaville. Right. If you're not, you're just, like, a terrible person, you're going to San Quentin. Okay. It's one of the two. So he gets sent to Vacaville. Instead of a cell, he had a private room, and his treatment included carving violins in the Vacaville Hospital machine shop and teaching in the music department. He remained in the Vacaville Hospital, having or never having to see the inside of a prison ever. Due to his past heart troubles, he lived under a restricted health regimen and was spared normal prisoner duties. Wow. Yeah, he played music and wrote the song Cold Gray Bars, which became a hit for Ned Miller no. on the outside. Cooley had a parole hearing after serving eight years in August of 1969. His friends in Hollywood had been lobbying for Governor Ronald Reagan, who threw his support behind Cooley being released on parole. What is up with Reagan? Literally everything that we've done. I think we talked about this first episode, but like it's actually funny, not funny that Reagan like can be traced back like you a lot of these all these fucking a lot of problems yes you can like spider music crime down to reagan reagan it's all of it yo so he threw his support he was like yeah cool he needs to be released what um had he shown like any sort of like rehabilitation because mm, like that's just like i know he was just not doing work because his poor heart and carving violins but he was like like, is he less violent? It does. That was yeah. not mentioned. Like yeah. the, the big thing, you know? Yeah. So 
the state review board voted to grant Cooley a release on parole effective February of 1970. Um, However, oh, Cooley died thank God. before his parole took effect. Cooley agreed to be paroled on February 22nd of 1970, and okay. Reagan obviously was the one that got him that grant. Insane. Um, and he had served less than nine years of a life sentence. Bro. But he was in poor health because of his heart trouble. Oh, boo-hoo. Your poor heart. Yeah. So on November 23rd, 1969, he received a 72-hour furlough from the prison hospital unit at Vacaville, to play a benefit concert for the Deputy Sheriff's Association of Alameda County at the Oakland Auditorium, which is where I am from. What? 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 Yes, in Oakland. They were like, so because you're going to be paroled, you get to have 72 hours out of prison to perform for the Deputy Sheriff's this is in so Alameda County, which is literally troubling. my county. I'm this voted is... to, I'm like registered to vote in Alameda County. Uh... It's upsetting. Um, I'm, during the intermission, after a standing ovation, he suffered a fatal heart attack <gasps> backstage. Shut Didn't up. even get to finish his show. Good. Fucking good. Yo, what the? That's like literally the universe being like, God, I've tried so many times. Finally. Yeah. I'm going to do it in Got like him. the most public way Got that him. I can. Literally, he was like, I'm just trying to live and go back to my fame and stuff. And he had it for a second and then it killed him. Good. Good. Fuck that yeah man. so oh my god the end no Yo. so his legacy this is one of those cases where again despite all the success and influence he had during his career with his music and entertainment movies his personal life and the murder of his wife has overshadowed everything he's accomplished okay a lot of well, people don't like, even yeah. remember him as like bandstand guy okay. like stand in for roy rogers they're just like that i thought you were gonna say the opposite no they're like okay, that good. guy killed his wife in front of his daughter like which is nuts like good insane like you're gonna do that and hope yeah. people forget it no yo the fact that who okay yeah okay yeah. wow so he was the self-proclaimed king of swing and it, his influence in hollywood and on popular television with swing fiddle and country big band music and he got to have his shining moment in history and in cinema and his Hollywood star is still there. And I mean, his like after listening to it, like his fiddle playing and big band music can be seen as influence for some of like the country fiddling that we see. Right. And also like big band rock and roll bands, like that sound of like oh, brass yeah, mixed yeah, with guitar. Right. Right. He had influence on that. Uh. Um, just like maybe don't kill your wife and be the worst kind of jealous, aggressive and abusive husband in the world. Duh. Real. Yo, the end. Why I've never heard of him. I of know that story, and That's, also how unhinged it was. Like, can you imagine that? I wow, my wow, that was a lot. It was really quick. I would bang, bang, bang. But it's insane. I will never look at Western films the same. I have to like yeah. go through all those like old Roy Roger films and just be like, pick it up. Every time he's not facing the camera, it's probably him. It's this bitch. <sighs> Every time there's like a stunt that's yeah. like too hard for his pretty face. Right. His pretty cowboy face yeah. and his assless chaps. It's this bitch. Wow. Is his daughter who testified against him Melody? still alive? I wonder. I wonder what she's up to. I can look it up because you have to hold the yeah. thingy in my um, oh. Say your passcode on the air. On the air. Everyone, <laughs> do you want my social security? Social security? Is this her? No, that can't be her. What if you put like Melody Cooley, daughter of Spade Cooley? No, like things are showing up, but it's like oh. about like 
that. Yeah, it's not like current. Maybe she like took a life of private, private, privacy and solace. Yeah. Wow. Well, you did a great job. Thank you. I missed you. I missed you too. It feels good to be back. It really does. Like, not that I'm like back into like, oh, now it's normal and boring again. I like being back into my swing of things with my BFF. I know. I like... My BFF who bought me... Not even not all necessarily bought brought me gifts. <laughs> what am can I? We t- can we? Yeah, you yeah, have to say. we have to end like on a on a, a high. Note. Remember, a, you know what it reminds me of. What? I'm gonna say this before your story. It's like you've seen those like Discovery Channel. I knew exactly things what with the like fuck those birds that bring each other like bottle caps or yes. shiny things. Like those, yeah, those like crows that when they're building their nests, they bring shiny bottle caps and like blue things and like special twigs and like only the prettiest. Or the penguins. Yes. That bring the best pebble. To their mate. To their mate. So that's basically what I did. Um, Clarice, like we have said, uh, she lived up at my lake cabin in the beginning of the pandemic with my family when I moved out to LA. Yes. Um, And the lake is beautiful and I love it. Hello. I'm trying to tell a cute story. So... I was at, when I was at the lake, I was like, oh, I have to get something like the lake, you know, like yeah. something to like to bring her let the to lake Clarice. Remember me. So I was like kind of having like a moment. It was like really peaceful out. And like, I just like kind of was like thinking about you. <laughs> this is so. <laughs> You're a transcendentalist now. You're going no, to that fourth dimension. Bro. I was like thinking about Clarice and I was like, I really wish she was here. Sad face, sad face. But like, I'm sure like, I know she misses the lake and I'm sure the lake misses her too. Like, and I was kind of like looking at the lake being like, yeah, she misses you. And I looked down and it's like all of the, where I was, it was like a bunch of little black rocks like mm-hmm. and I look down and I just see this one little like maroon rock laying in all the like black, black ones rocks. and I was like <gasps> and I I don't know why I was just feeling really like emotional so I was like that's a sign like the lake misses her too and so I took the rock and I flew with it home and I can't even say <laughs> that was the only rock that I took on my trip <laughs> I have like a bag of things. not the bag of rocks. It was just a few cool ones. You're like, um, I need to have the lake I here. Need it. No, so I like that. that was just like I bought her like other little tiny trinkets. I got like, like a, a keychain, a keychain, a sticker, a pin, a pin and then, but a, then rock. a rock. <laughs> I love that rock. No, that rock it, is it's in the pot of one of my plants that I have to water quite quite frequently, so I can like make can sure make it's it, red. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. I. <laughs> But I didn't realize how silly that was until I put it in her hand and, and like, it was like, it's, it's a, a rock. rock. <laughs> it's not a boulder. It's a rock. It's a rock. No, dude. It's I like those, that. don't otters do that too? They, like, get the best little pebble. The, or they, they get their little it, trinkets and they're like, here, they they you're mine forever. Tools. Oh, that's they, true. They get, like, a, their favorite rock, but it's, like, their favorite they rock because they favorite use it tools. to, like, open shells. Yeah. They're, like handymen those otters i know yeah but penguins do their penguins like, do the pebbles and the birds do so the pebbles cute. and bottle caps thing but i love it they're I love so us yeah straight up me and who who <laughs> i love it well 70 we pie percent of the time 70 pie 70 pie you know yeah percent um yeah we missed you guys sorry again but we won't it won't 
It probably won't happen again. It won't happen for a little while. It probably won't. It, yeah, it's fine. Vacations and breaks are important. We're yeah. human. We'll just let you know next time. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for ghosting. Oops. We ghosted our listeners. Sorry, everyone. It wasn't out of hate. It was out of chaos. It was chaos. Truly. Truly. Well, see you next week, question mark? Yes. Yeah. We won't ghost you. No ghosting. So see you next week or see we'll you tell next you. next week. Period. <laughs> see you next week so I can show you my rock. Oh, yeah. I'm going to post a picture, of, post of, a picture rock. of my rock. I love that fucking rock. <laughs> you rock. All right. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. If you like what you hear, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, rate and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. Tell us what you think on our Twitter or Instagram, at Record Crimes Pod. Have a suggestion or something you want to hear on the podcast? Send us an email at recordcrimespod at gmail.com.